0: The Big Red Bench, Saturday and Sunday from 6pm, Cork's Red FM.
1: Welcome to a new edition of the Big Red Bench Women in Sport Podcast. I'm your host, Gerard McCarthy, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at mccarthy 74 On this week's show, our VIP special guest is Republic of Ireland senior international player, Saoirse Noonan, who talks to me about her current status, recovering from injury, and looking ahead to September's crunch World Cup qualifiers. Cork Komogi Senior Manager Matthew Toomey joins me to discuss his panel's preparations for this weekend's All-Ireland Senior Camogie Championship Semi-Final. We'll also hear from Cork Intermediate Komogi and Under-16 Camps ahead of their All-Ireland Semi-Finals, which also take place over the weekend. Echo columnist Mary Newman is back to preview all three of those crunch Cork Komogi weekend clashes. The Cork LGFA under-16 suffered a heartbreaking loss to Dublin in the All-Ireland semi-final and we'll hear from manager Dominic Gallagher and minor manager Joe Carroll about the county's preparations for their All-Ireland semi-final with Cavan. And finally, I spoke to Republic of Ireland women's under-17 head coach James Scott ahead of his squad's trip to Northern Ireland to take part in the 2022 Super Cup and about some of the Cork players involved. That's all to come on this week's Women in Sport podcast. Republic of Ireland international soccer player Sir Noonan joins me in this week's Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast to discuss a wide range of topics, including her successful freedom clothing range recovering from injury and looking ahead to the Republic of Ireland's Crunch World Cup 2023 qualifiers against Finland and Slovakia next September. Real thrill now to be joined here on the Big Red Bench on Cork Street FM by one of our favourite guests that we always enjoy talking to because she's uh, one of the busiest people I know and uh, she's also a Republic of Ireland international player and when she's not doing that her successful business that she's launched and is running Freedom Clothing she's making her mark with that and she finds time to do a bit of coaching as well during the summer months I don't know where she gets the time but that's because she is Sir and she's one of a kind and she's with us here again. Saoirse, how are you?
2: I'm very good, Ger. Thanks for having me on again. It's lovely to speak to you.
1: It is lovely to speak to you too. Let's talk business first, he said, like a business presenter on a radio station. Um, Freedom Clothing is something that is very close to your heart. It's something that you set set up from the ground up. You have made a success of it. It is flying it at the moment. What is Freedom Clothing for those who don't know and where can they find information about your fantastic line of clothing?
2: So... Um, you can find it on my Instagram, Freedom Official Clothing, or you can find it on our website, which is www.freedomofficialclothing.ie. Um, so I suppose the first lockdown, um, we'd stopped playing sports, and that's all I really ever knew. Um, and I was nearly finished school, and I was kind of thinking to myself, like, at that time, you weren't really you weren't seeing girls as much making much money off sports, it was a bit here and there. And I kind of, I suppose, was afraid, what am I going to do? And I was only ever known for sports and no one ever, I was afraid no one would ever know know me for anything else. So yeah, I think that's when I kind of took it into my own hands that I don't want to just be known as a sports person when I retire. I want to have something else that I can fall back onto. And yeah, I just went for it. Um, Started out as a bit of an experiment to see how we get on a bit of fun um, and something to do really to keep the mind going over lockdown. And yeah, here we are. A year and a half later and we're still we're still going we're still growing and it's a unisex clothing brand there's a shamrock on every bit of clothing because we're obviously all proud to be Irish um, and it's called Freedom because my name in Irish is Shah. so yeah it's it's just a really personal brand to me and I think everyone can everyone has made connections to it in different ways and um, I remember when I was in the marina market last year um, there was some people saying is it called Freedom because we want freedom. We want to get away from COVID and stuff like this. So everyone kind of has their own like views on it, which I enjoy kind of hearing what people think is why it's called freedom. Um, so yeah, if you could all go support it, um, it'd be it'd be very much appreciated. And yeah, I'm excited to see see what's ahead.
1: It's no mean feat to keep a business going in the current climate, Sir Shay, um, and to do it uh, coming out of covid and to, for it still to be going and for it still to be you know a really well presented brand can i just say to you though about the presentation of your brand i recognize some of the models that you've been using um are they uh you know are they charging you models you know modern modern day rates or is there is there an agreement with some of them that you people might recognize
2: yeah um i think to be fair like we have james power there he's a i think he's the youngest ever professional boxer and he came out and did one of the photo shoots and he has a big following and he's a a good-looking lad and a well-known face. And then um, it's all family members and stuff. Um, my sister's boyfriend, my own girlfriend, my sister. So, yeah, look, it's really close to home still, and it's very small and still growing, which I'm very blessed to have and to have all the lads come out and spend a day shooting and then a local um, photographer doing it as well, helping out. So everything is just brilliant, like having everyone support um, small businesses. They know how hard it is. Um, and I'm not, the, as you said, I'm quite busy and it's not the easiest to get people to start into to schedule to suit me. So yeah, I'm really grateful to them all.
1: I'd love to be at those boss uh, models meetings. I'd say that's some cracker <laughs> between your girlfriend and between your family members. That's some uh, interesting conversations. Let's just leave it at that now because we don't want to store yeah, any trouble. Yeah. Um, delighted for you, obviously with the, with the clothing range and good luck with it. Uh, Continued success with it. On the field, uh, you're coming back from injury. You've been spending, you spent a bit of time with Shelburne uh, in terms of fitness. How are you?
2: Yeah. Um, I suppose it was a bit of a tough road. Um, I got injured start of January and I was out for about 9 weeks and then just trying to I suppose gain the fitness back, get back on the pitch, get back to to moving smoothly and yeah look I found it tough. Um then there was a bit of hiccups in the road, a a few family things happening and stuff and that that never never helps because obviously you're missing, you're missing sessions and stuff, but yeah look I'm back on track and I'm I'm enjoying my football now and I really want to see what the next couple of months hold for me.
1: Indeed and we wish you well in that recovery because it's going to be quite busy for the Republic of Ireland before I ask you about that actually Euro 2022 is currently on our TV screens obviously Ireland are not a part of it but it's it's amazing to see the amount of young girls I've, I've noticed out kicking a soccer ball kicking a football on the greens and in pitches over the last couple of months and I think that uh, over the last couple of weeks especially and I think having that front and centre is certainly going to inspire a new generation of young Irish footballers obviously you are not there and the Republic of Ireland aren't there but does that just make those two upcoming qualifiers in September against Finland and Slovakia all the more important that you try and qualify for the World Cup in Australia and New Zealand in 2023?
2: Yeah, 100%. I think, um, I don't think I've missed any games. I think I've nearly watched um, bits of them all at this stage. And I think it just kind of gives you the fire in your belly saying like, we could have been there and obviously everyone wants to be part of those big, those big days, especially when it's across the water in England. Um, But yeah, I think everyone knows how big Finland is and that we should probably have been at the Euros and seeing Seeing the crowds and seeing the, the attraction it's getting and um how well we're doing as a team now, I think it's it's in our own hands and we have to go we have to go achieve that and I think we owe it ourselves to go achieve that.
1: Yeah, there would be quite a lot of pressure. I mean, obviously, this is the thing. So competitive now is that squad under Vera Paul, that getting into the squad, and I don't, It's not, it sounds like a cliche, seriously, but it isn't, but getting into the squad is no easy feat as it is because there's so much talent coming up through the ranks. On this week's podcast as well, I've been speaking to James Scott, who's taken an under-17 international team up to Northern Ireland for the Super Cup, and he's even seeing it himself as a coach and as a coordinator of the emerging talent it's now in the last two years, it's getting more and more difficult to leave players out at in, at underage level. And the same is true at senior level. There's a lot of competition for your places.
2: Yeah, look, players are playing week in, week out and there's different things happening. And I, um, I definitely wouldn't like to be Vera or, or anyone picking that team. Um, and Tom, they've, they've a hard job and there's loads of players that want to be in there. Who doesn't want to play for their country? And once you get a sniff of it, you never want to, you don't want to ever lose that. Um, but like we can only do our best off the pitch and try try keep taking over playing our games and trying to do well. But everyone else is doing the exact same. They're all trying just as hard. And yeah, look, I think I think it's great competition is great. But yeah, everyone definitely wants to be there. And it's extremely tough.
1: Yeah, and it's not going to be easy to qualify for World Cup twenty twenty three. You're fighting for uh, a place in the playoffs, and the playoffs are so convoluted that there's two rounds of them, and even the winners of that, the top two go, and then a the third team ends up playing in a pre-tournament in New Zealand in January. So there's there's quite a few steps to go, and we don't want to over you know overburden you or the other international footballers, but that finish game in September, like so many people are talking to me about it, it it's it's brilliant, not just in the uh, time and again I get talked I talk about the male side of things and where Ireland are at, but more and more people now watching on television want to see there's a real desire I think in in Ireland to see become successful and qualify for a tournament do you feel that because you've been on the ground coaching a lot as well over the last few months I think people are talking about and are more interested in women's international soccer than ever before
2: yeah I think um, definitely for myself and the girls anyway it's all about just trying to get to those playoffs and it is all about the next game um, that Finland game is going to be absolutely huge and yeah um, myself and See our coaching little plug there for him and we're doing a few camps as well at the moment and even the girls coming in you see them saying that like oh I went to this Irish women's game I went to this Irish women's game and we're going up with our team and we're getting the boss and like before you'd very rarely hear of that and even the amount of girls coming to soccer camps now it's ridiculous so yeah I just I just love seeing it grow and I love I love seeing how much fun they have and that they're talking about the Sam Cares the Leah Williamson's, mm. the Katie McCabe's. Um, it's just, it's amazing to see.
1: And the Seamus Noonans are talking about. Don't be, mm-hmm. uh, don't be forgetting that person as well. Because, uh, I mean, can I just ask you before I leave the topic? Is becoming an international footballer, every injuries aside, everything you hoped it would be?
2: Um, it probably is, and more, and and not more as well. Um, I think everyone sees the the nice side of it, mm. and we forget that at the end of the day, we're all working, trying every single day to get to this level and then there is upsets Mm. and they are really hard to take and it's hard to to get back up and put a smile on your face and these are things that you have to learn Um, and over the last year I've definitely learned that you're going to have to take everything with a pinch of salt and people are going to have different opinions and that is hard to take and as I said, being an international footballer you learn to understand it that being at the top level you have to be able to accept this and move on um, but yeah, definitely going out onto that pitch—it's even more than I'd ever dreamt of. And even seeing the crowds grow now and stuff, it's even better again. And I'm—I'm I'm suppose I'm one of the lucky ones. I got to make my debut in Talaf in front mm. of a, a huge crowd, and it's only going to get bigger and bigger. Um, so yeah, like that's definitely—that's definitely something you dream of as, a, as a kid. A kind of I suppose when I was younger, you didn't actually believe that it was going to be mm. those big, huge crowds. You just had it a vision that you'd be on nearly a boys team and you'd be going out in those crowds Um, whereas now we can definitely see that it's actually it's possible and it's there and the doors are open you just have to go after them
1: Yeah, and I think that's very well said. It's good to give a balance, especially for young girls listening to this, that as exciting and all the dreams coming through, getting to the top of of the tree, which you've done to become an international player and score an international goal and represent your country, setbacks and how you deal with them is part of the process and that it's not all sweetness and light. It's a hugely competitive, dare I say it, industry at this stage in women's international soccer, and women's club football, as it should be, same as the males. It's good that you're giving a perspective, especially to younger listeners now that might be saying, I can't wait to play for Ireland, but it, it takes a lot of dedication, it takes like, overcoming a lot of setbacks, but you're all the better for that and um, along that pathway, I think.
2: Yeah, I think um, for me, definitely, like my parents would always say to me, like, you're only as good as your last game and negative energy wastes the most energy. So like, you have to just try to find the positives and yeah, look, there's definitely... Um, you could definitely, I could say, I went on and got my debut and played, scored a goal, and that's all great. But then you can't stop there because there's people knocking at the door, left, right, mm-hmm. center. So definitely, you know, really you have to work harder than to keep your spot um, and prove why you are there. So once you're in the door, you're not, you're definitely not done by no
1: means. Very well said. Before I let you go, you were also in the press this week in the Echo, a lovely two-page spread because you were kind enough to uh, appear in my book, Cork GFA Game of My Life, to talk about yourself, talk about your career, both as a soccer international and as a Cork GFA inter-county footballer. It was a lovely story. It was very well told by you, all your words. Um, Just, uh, I wanted to ask you actually, and thank you again for agreeing to be part of that book and that book is available on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. He said, plugging it throughout Cork and beyond. But that process and seeing your name in print and seeing your story in black and white, what was that like?
2: Yeah, it was quite um, heart-touching, I suppose. Um, Credits to you for writing it so lovely. Um, And even when you, I remember the day you read it back to me and I was sitting in the car and I had a tear in my eye. Um, And even unfortunately my granddad passed away only a couple of weeks ago so yeah look even when I read it the other day I was like this is amazing like to have to have that in a book now and I suppose it forever um it's really really nice.
1: Yes, and uh, my condolences again on that and the passing. I think it's a lovely story for others to read about and his legacy, as well as yours, Mm -hmm. is in black and white forever. And that's a lovely thing, hopefully, for your family. Listen, every time I speak to you, uh, I come away feeling a lot more positive. I think your positive energy is infectious and fair play to you, not just on the football pitch, but on the training pitch with so many young girls around Cork with CR7 coaching and all those things. Mm -hmm. Keep an eye on Saoirse's Instagram and Twitter and Facebook account for more information on that. And definitely get yourself over to Freedom Clothing to see some highly paid model. <laughs> uh, showing off some of the best uh, clothing and you'll describe it better than I will um, up and coming person business person as well I don't know how you do it and I'm really proud of you that you're doing it not just on the football pitch but also in the business sense and keep it going Saoirse because uh, I have a feeling we'll be talking a lot more about freedom clothing and Irish international soccer in the coming weeks and months
2: Thanks a million chair Thank you
0: Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie Cork's Red FM
1: so, what a massive weekend it's going to be for Cork Camogie. On Saturday, the Glen Dimplex Senior All-Ireland Championship Semi-Finals take place in Crow Park, with Galway facing Kilkenny at 5.30. And before that, Cork taking on Waterford at quarter past three. I spoke to Cork Senior Manager Matthew Toomey about Cork's preparations and the latest on Ashling Thompson's red card appeal. On Sunday, Trevor Coleman will lead the Cork Intermediate Camogie squad out in Nolan Park, Kilkenny, for their Glendimplex intermediate All-Ireland Championship semi-final against Derry with a 4pm throw-in and that's part of a double header involving Galway and Meath in the other last four encounter. Trevor, join me on the Big Red Bench to preview Cork's clash with the Ulster side and next Sunday is also a massive day for the Cork Camogie under-16s. Donnie Daly, the manager joins me on this week's Big Red Bench to preview the Rebels' Tesco under-16A All-Ireland Championship semi-final clash with Wexford but first, here's Matthew Toomey ahead of Cork's Crunch All-Ireland Senior semi-final this coming weekend. Now, ahead of Saturday's uh, Glen Dimplex All Ireland Senior Camogie Championship semi final between Cork and Waterford, uh, which takes place, uh, of course, both games are in uh, Croke Park, uh, Cork, uh, throwing in at 3.15, followed by Galway and Kilkenny at 5.30. We're delighted to be joined once again, who's been very good to us this year, the Cork Senior Camogie Manager, Matthew Toomey. Matthew, you're already welcome back to the bench.
3: Thanks, George. Thanks for having me.
1: Um, before we talk about Camogie and before we talk about the match coming up against Waterford, which uh, is going to be a cracker, we have to talk about uh, one of the things that's in the news uh, just at the moment, unfortunately, and that's Aisling Thompson. Um, where are we at the moment? Because currently, as we record this podcast, she has been suspended for both the All-Ireland semi-final and final. Um, where are you in terms of uh, what's happening with her and with uh, any potential appeal? Um, but basically, we hit
3: the nail head Josh at present. She's Suspended for two matches. Um, there is a door, an avenue open, I suppose, for us to appeal that, um, which like, obviously we have to do. But as um, uh, 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 any more than that, I don't know. It's up in the air a bit at the moment. So we just have to um, see how that process goes and hopefully have her available for um, the Waterford game.
1: Yeah, because look, off the pitch, uh, just her presence and her presence in the dressing room, as you've talked about before, um, you know, it's a big loss. But on the pitch, she's she's had a, a, an unbelievably consistent season, both at centre back and midfield for you.
3: Yeah, she's been outstanding. Um, her attitude has been spot on, and uh, you know, it's just made a bit of a blip against Tipperary, and um, it's a it's a pricey blip, to be honest. Um, you know, down the kind of players we're at the moment, like between Arlacorn and and from or sure, Pamela MacLean and the currents, like um. Ashling on top of that then will be a huge loss. Um, so look, we're, we're going to do what we can, um, but a, a, as we stand at the moment, it doesn't look good.
1: Okay, so there's an appeals process potentially to go through, but as it stands, um is set to miss out in the semi-final and final. Let's focus on who you have at the moment though, in terms of your squad. How have preparations been going? Because up to this weekend, you didn't know who you were going to necessarily be facing Um and preparations, you've had a bit of time to work with the players, you and your management team. I presume that is precious for you as a manager coming up to such an important game that you get that time.
3: Yeah, it, it's been huge. Like, um, I, I, we're in two weeks of a three-week kind of a break of matches. Um, you know, it's it, it's it's all wonderful in hindsight, but we think that's kind of um, that, that game against Tipperary might have done it the world of good. Uh, just got us refocused and just, we you know, like, if we don't bring our Top top game. It's not going to be good enough, no matter who we're going to be playing. Um, so the training has been going well. We had a very very tough session there. Um, Thursday was a great game, and us, you know, the we say the squad players really really put up to our kind of uh, our first fifteen, if we're going to call it that. Like, um, so it's been very very competitive. It's been very tough. Um, but just a lot of talking, just refocusing the minds, like what we're at. You know, um, we we you know, we've put enough luck want to work like other teams as well um. but like our we're concentrating ourselves is, uh, like you know, just what what is uh all been for what is the about like we're going to Coat Park um, as you say up to fairly recently we, we didn't know who we were playing so um, we kind of had it in our heads more than likely could be Kenny kind of, but you know the the, the fact that John now has been made over we're playing Waterford um, you know it just brings kind of a different kind of an aspect to us I suppose after playing them twice already
1: yeah, I was just going to say that, like this is a Waterford team that you know broke the hoodoo of losing so many quarterfinals, defeating, um, Limerick yesterday for uh, it was a fifth time lucky. The headlines are saying three sixteen to one twelve. Um, you were watch that game in Semple Stadium in very warm conditions. Probably what you're going to experience in Crow Park. Your assessment of how well Waterford played because I thought they played well through all four quarters in that. Yeah, they were
3: they were, like, they put up a score two fifteen. Um, in the first half, which was in, in like game over and um, Limerick lost the player just before half time. Um I think they only scored one one in the second half but they were always in control of the game. Um I thought of the, the movement in the forward line like the I think they had about eight scores. Um so and they a huge support there. Um you know so I I presume I, I could imagine that that's gonna be even multiplied going up to Park, like you know it's their first time into a semi final so like they're gonna be going going hold us. Um do you know, as I say, like it's a great credit to Lanes Um, you know, like they were Division Two. They couldn't get out of Division Two. They got beaten the first game against Dublin, and they, you know, they, you know, they just gelled together. They put it together. Like then, you know, they looked very confident yesterday. They were very comfortable on the ball and used the ball very well and so. Like we've a mammoth game ahead of us. Like you know, and that's not trying to water us down and bring them up. It's it's just a genuine assessment. Like you know, it's, like. It's, it's, it's going to be something similar to the Tipperary game if we're not fully up there in our heads like you know we, we're going to face to face you know there's no crimes about that like we have to really really get it all going and hence the reason why I'm saying that the Tipperary game might have been a good thing, lesson for us as well yeah. you know we, we, we're, we're, we don't want to be but we're going to be going to this game as favourites I would presume yet again and um just we we really really have to hit the ball run. We have to go running at the bloody start of the game, and you know, and we we've no clams about that. Like, you know, I've done a lot of talking to players now over the last 24 hours since I left Central Stadium, and you know that the message being reiterated to them all. Like, You know, right. we such the, there's the no thing as a softer on the semi-final. We know that, like, but they're going to be coming up. Like this is their biggest game, and they're probably a history. Come all in Waterford, like, so they're they're going to come at us, like, you know, we. We'd be scraped over them in the, in the in the semi-final. We beat them by six points. I wouldn't say comfortably at all. So they're going to come out blazing. They're they're going to have no fear of us. Like I've I heard that the, the even the supporters up there saying yesterday, like we hope we we'll get Cork You know. So that's, you know, it's a fair mm-hmm. play to them, but that's what they're going to bring to us.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned that sixteen points to ten points. Um, Glen Glen Dimplex All Ireland Group Championship win over them down in Walsh Park. I mean considering it was back in June, is there much you can take from that? Is there much you can glean from that performance? Um, Or is this just a brand new game and a brand new template? And the fact it's in Crow Park, Matthew, I mean, you've got a lot of players with experience there. Waterford, maybe not so much. So, will that be a factor?
3: Um, it, 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 it could work both ways. Like obviously, you know, if you get stage fright up next, you know, when you go to Crow Park, it's, it, it's a different animal. Like I suppose that's another reason why we were happy. Um, regardless of the result that we got in the international league up there, uh, the final, that, you know, we got a lot of players to play there for the first time, or some players even just playing for the second or third time. You know, it's 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 it, it, it's a huge pressure point. Um, so look, like I, 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 there's a lot of experience, on the, the Waterford team, like the Beck Hartons and the Rockers and like Lorraine Bray is having a season of a lifetime. For, for fairness' sake, so there are a lot of experienced players as well that will, will thrive. Like this is their dream. I, I presume to play in co Park and. You know they they're going to bring their own element to that. Like and, you know if if the occasion gets to them, I, I don't know. I just think they're a very level-headed team. And from from the last game, we learnt an awful lot about them. And you know they they, they did pack the defence a fair bit against us. And you know we have been working on on, on kind of scenarios like that just in case there's any other team, even if it is Waterford. we were just working on scenarios like that as well in training. Just how we break teams down if they pack the defences. And also what they're creating then is a massive. Um, space in our defence so we're going to have to look at that as well
1: And just finally Matthew from your own point of view I mean obviously there's been a lot of ups and downs this season it seems like the season has gone on for a long time on and off the pitch for Cork Senior Kabogi but look you're in the semi-final an All-Ireland semi-final, you are where you want to be. It's going to be incredibly tough to beat an up-and-coming Waterford team, but the fact that you're in the semi-final, the fact that your players have got you here, this is something to look forward to for you, for the players, and for Cork supporters, because you're one step away, potentially, from an All-Ireland final. And irrespective of what's gone on before, is it is it kind of a relief in a way that you get to focus on the match you now come quarter past three, you know, um, at the weekend and just get on with it?
3: Absolutely. And, you know, as you say like I suppose you know, even the going's on now with Ashtling and all that, it's, it's kind of it rare its rare to it, it, it's nearly now we've these kind of things. Um but no, look, as, as I said to like we had a very, very honest and frank conversation after the Tipperary game inside in the um, in the hall down Castle Road. And when we stepped onto the pitch afterwards I pulled all the players in and I just I just kinda of re reiterated that there's no more negativity, it's all positivity like where it's been around semi-final. Um, you know, like, we've what we want to bring for the next two weeks. And we've got to give massive credit to the players they have brought us. For us, it's a ferocious amount of energy. For us, amount of, you know, and everything that we wanted them to bring they brought to the table. And it's been all positive. We, we we did a kind of a training camp down in Kilbritton last weekend and it was excellent and it was hard going in the heat. But the, the players are just, like, I can see it in them. They're really up for us. Like, um, like we haven't. This year, like we've we've done good, we've done well, we've done kind of in patches, we've done poorly, but we we've yet to hit a big performance, and and you know this is what we're gauging at. If we give a, a good performance, you know, play to our potential, really. you know we would be there, there both against any team, and that includes Waterford. Like, but we know if, if we don't play to our potential, like you know then we we have a big big battle in our hands.
1: Indeed you do. Uh, the Glen Dimplex All-Ireland Senior Camogie Championship semi-finals take place in Croke Park on Saturday, July 23rd. Cork and Waterford throws in at quarter past three, followed by Galway and Kilkenny at half past five in the second semifinal. Let's hope we get plenty of Cork supporters up there to get behind you, Matthew. But on behalf of everybody here on the bench, uh, we're looking forward to it and we hope that you come through it. Thank you very much, sir. Now, here on the Big Red Bench, it is a, going to be a big weekend for Cork Camogie next weekend. Obviously, the Cork Seniors are in All-Ireland uh, semi-final uh, against Waterford, but as well as that, uh, on the Sunday, on the 24th of July at 4pm in UPMC Nolan Park, Kilkenny as part of a doubleheader, the Glem Dimplex Intermediate All-Ireland semi-final sees Cork um. Uh. So, sorry. Sees Mead and Galway up first in the curtain raiser, followed by Cork and Derry. And we're delighted to be joined on the line now by the Cork manager, uh, Trevor Coleman. Trevor, you're very welcome back to the bench. How are you?
4: Yes, yeah, absolutely great, John. Thanks for having us again. You know, all good. Thank God, we are we're where we want to be.
1: Exactly. You are where you want to be. You're two steps from all Ireland. Uh title uh, it's not going to be easy by any means because you face a Derry team that came through a quarter final this past weekend in Leash, beating Dublin 123 to 110 and as well as that as you both we both know you've already made that trip up to Owen Beg back at the end of June where Derry won 116 to 37 so obviously you've had a good look at Derry you've seen Derry and from a manager's point of view and your management team's point of view does the fact that Derry have won over on you has that helped focus minds of the players coming into this?
4: Yeah, I think we spoke during the weekend, we were all saying, we, we've played me twice, we've baited me twice, so we were saying, look, Derry's probably the draw we want to get. We we also played Derry in the league in Castle Road and we beat them. but again, they, they had to travel down to us on the same day and play the same day, so again, it's hard to take that into consideration after them getting off in nearly an eight-hour journey and coming and playing the match, so look, we've we put our that to one side, yes, we played Derry up big we did have a good look at them and we went up the night before so to be fair to the county board they put us up the night before we thought we did everything right but again the travelling up there still, it still still takes a lot out of the players even went up the night before so again we two injuries going into that game which, uh, Siobhan Hutchinson and John Casey we didn't start because we we'd fate in our panel again so uh, we only lost by two points at the end so it was a good outing they, look, they have a good two players our so forward line mean, is very good I Arnie mean, McAllister look, we'll probably take a bit of mind Issa Shaw Sinead Mellon they, they'll all take a bit of money. But look, they'll have to worry about us as well, you know, so again, we're looking forward to it. Preparations have gone very well, so we we can't
1: complain. Yeah, your preparations, you've had plenty of time because 2nd of July was the last time we would have spoke on the parking ring pitch after your five twenty-one to 2-5 defeat of Kildare. That day were very, very impressive in patches, in your own words. This has got to be, without sounding like a cliche, this has got to be a full 60-minute performance, Trev.
4: Oh, it does, definitely. Look, semi-finals are definitely one John, as we all know. Look, we, we've we yet, I think, as a team, to put in a full 60 minutes. I think if we do. We, we have a right chance. But to be fair to the goals, look, and uh, and, and the panels, there's goals the last couple of weeks. We've had two challenge matches last week. Those goals that haven't started after putting up their hand No, So, I think the biggest point this week is going to be trying to pick the teams and the hardest time to this week. Look, We trained just tomorrow them all have seven to be fair in Castle Road before the seniors so there was a good atmosphere down there training uh, alongside the seniors so look all, all is well we can't complain on the injury front we've done so we've a full pick for. we are going up there we, we have no excuses we will go we'll try our best and if our best is good enough then hopefully we'll be in a double header with the, the seniors on the 7th of August
1: Yeah that is the potential caveat for you because the All-Ireland final should Cork seniors get there and get over Waterford and ye manage to get over Derry we'd have two Cork teams in All-Ireland finals that would be very special but you're too, uh, shall I say, experienced and uh, involved too many years, Trevor, to know that you can't really look beyond that and you're not looking beyond that. But can I ask you the quality of Derry and the quality that they showed that day when you played them and the quality that they have showed throughout the Glendimplex Championship as well? Because, you know, um, from a team up north, like to win four out of five games like yourselves is no mean feat. And that includes me to the other semifinal.
4: Yeah, no, look, to be fair, look, they're, they're, they're an excellent team, They've And looking at them uh, over the last few games, they seem to have got better as, as the year has gone on. You know, they're like they've certainly like up there as the club, who were competing in all Ireland finals uh, every year, all Ireland semi-finals at the club. So they have a, they have a great pick up there. Like they as i was saying, the Northern teams are not great anymore as gone. look, which is great for Camogie and and in the men's game, they, they seem to be constantly putting up to the teams down down south and the bigger counties in Camogie So we can't take that for granted. You know what I mean? And we and we wouldn't we, look. We we've taken we've taken more team for granted this year. We have, we went out to see them. with were respect uh, like they resolve and uh, like, uh, hopefully
1: we'll get over line. and just finally Trevor from your own point of view it's been a fantastic run to this point of the season for you and your management team your team has been apart from that one blip up in Derry you've been consistent and you've been scoring consistently is it just a case of keeping that going now in the lead into the match itself this week
4: I, I I think so, definitely. Look, we're trying to keep the goals ticking over. Like we, we probably didn't play well against Mead in the league, and we took bad games in a row. So we reviewed that. We, like, we would have to release them back to their club, so they just looked a bit tired. So this week, no, and the last week is a clear run for cock. None of them have come back to their club, so hopefully they'll, they'll be fit and ready. And hopefully this week we, we'll, we we'll get no injuries either, and we we'll went to the game. Look, we we'll went to the game confidence But again, look, semi-finals are definitely one. We, we'll have to be at our best to beat Derry which I think the goals. Is, it's in them, you know, I think it's definitely in them. But again, we have to go and perform at the occasion. Lowland Park, we felt like it's it's a great venue. So we, we'll have to be at our best and hopefully the goals, I told them yesterday to enjoy this week's semi-finals. Of all, Lolland's don't, don't come along that often, so they, they need to embrace it and enjoy it as well. You know, it's not all, it's not all pressure.
1: Exactly. Indeed, they do. On Sunday, the twenty fourth of July at four pm, as part of a double header of the Glen Dimplex All Ireland Intermediate Camogie Championship semi finals. First up at two o'clock is Galway versus Meath, and then that's followed by Cork versus Derry at four. As I said, UPMC, Nolan Park and Kilkenny. From everybody here on the bench, uh, Trevor Coleman, the very best of luck to you, your management team, and your players.
4: Thanks and hopefully we'll be talking again, prepared for an all-out
1: final. Now, the Cork under-16 Camogie team are coming off a fantastic 121-18. Tesco under-16 All-Ireland quarter-final victory over Limerick this past week. They're in the hat for the semi-final draw, along with Wexford and Tipperary, and as we record this, the winners of Galway and Waterford. I'm delighted to be joined, as ever, here on the bench by the Cork under-16 manager, Donny Daly. Donny, first of all, congratulations on your win over Limerick. A good score, but a tough game.
5: Hi Ger, good uh, morning. Yeah, it took a very tough game. Look, we knew uh Limerick would be up first. We played Limerick in the second round of Munster and we kind of with a comprehensive victory, but we knew uh that this would be different. Like we had an awful lot of work done back in April, more more than a lot of uh club so countries at that stage. And we knew that Limerick hadn't done that much. So look we knew that between no between then and, and, and now they they they'd have up gently and uh, they had a couple of games already played. And it will be difficult kettle the fish. Um, so look, yes, it was a very, a very, very tough game, uh, and if we, we we didn't expect anything else. Um, but the, the girls, the girls st- stood up. They they didn't take it for granted, in fairness to them. They, they like we had spoke to them, um, told them not to not to become players going in, and and, and they weren't. Um, so like, that, we, like we were delighted with that, I suppose. The well, I suppose one thing I need to say before we before I carry on is we had seven girls, and you probably noticed who played mm. with. Cork in the under sixteen football at ireland on Wednesday. Mm. And they had ninety minutes of a tough game and we had several of those girls again playing last night. So like it's a testament to those girls that they were able to I suppose pick themselves up after that defeat, you know, in, in such a kind of a, you know, heartbreaking circumstances to beating in extra time um, and like to be to be able to come back then yes and put in that performance. And I suppose look, I said, Well I'm on the subject. I'd like to thank the football management, um, Dominic Gallagher and his management team for treating the girls uh, so well during the year. You know, it's not it's not always easy having dual players and and we often see it on the fourteen minor and senior level where you know the the management teams, you know, are, are are dragging from girls. But I must say that Dominic and his team treated the girls, you know, unbelievably well this year, uh, better than i I've ever come across. And look ladies football and is a good place the likes on Dominic and, and, and his team uh, behind him, so look I just have to say that could you be a goal without saying that you know?
1: And that's very kind of you to say that and I'm sure it's reciprocated because yourself Colette O'Neill, Masio Sullivan, John Maloney and all the other management team, as you said you're dealing with 7 plus uh, dual players Yeah, I was there that night, it was heartbreaking whatever about the physicality size <laughs> of it, the mental strength to pick yourself back yeah. up and to help you and your squad come back and beat Limerick says a lot about those players
5: it does it, it does. and look and and if and someone like, take had to be t- taken off last night, someone came on and like it it, it like we as adults, you know, it's hard enough for us to kind of come to terms with, with those types of disease. But for sixteen year old girls with a lot of other things going on in their lives, you know, to come come, come back training with us and Thursday after that on the Wednesday, played in last night, it's it look it's it's a great credit for them, great credit for them. Um but so look yeah, at uh, that's important. It's 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 it, um uh it's something that it'll solve them well enough nice as well going, going forward.
1: You know, it certainly will. Just looking down through your team sheet, um, you know, again, I try to avoid the cliches if I can, but here's a cliché alert. Your panel and the strength of your panel, um, I think you're in a much stronger place than you were at the start of the year because you've got not just very very talented subs and a lot of players that will walk onto a lot of intercounty teams under sixteen. You've now got game changers. So I suppose, am I right in saying it, the business end of an All-Ireland Championship, it's not so much about the quality of what you're bringing on, but it's when you get to bring them on. And the timing of that will be crucial against whoever you play in the semi-final.
5: I'm, I'm glad you said that, Joe, because that's something that we tried to incidents ago that it's a totally panel uh, team. Um, we and they said this to me. we dropped four girls and we dropped after the Galway game. right? And harshly, some might say, we had to make changes. And we did make changes because we, we, were, we were showing the girls, that said, look, there is a strength and depth in this panel. Um, girls need to get a chance. And girls got a chance against Kilkenny and they did very well. Girls, we, we didn't change a team from T. Uh, and so that, that team went out again last night. But, you know, at half time, we made changes. Like we brought on Kate Fennessy, we brought on Avin O'Neill, we brought on Alice Buckley. Um, we brought on Nessa Tracy and all those girls like K Fennessy and, and again I don't like um, mentioning names or mentioning girls like K Fennessey came off the bench with 15 minutes to go last night and scored four points. Right? She was hugely disappointed not to be started, Right? Like she's, cause she's a competitive girl, com- competitive family. She was hugely disappointed. And I told her like you, know, you come off the game, you, you, know, you come off the bench and change game, She scored four points. Amy McCarthy from Clan came off the bench again. Uh, you know, she came off again. Kenny, scored a point. Came off the bench last night, scored a point. And like these are girls that when you ha- w- when you have them on the uh, on the bench, they they can change games for you. Uh, if anyone needs to come on midfield, you know, and and show things up where we were where we were a bit uh, loose, you know, Nesta Tracy came on two minutes ago, You know, when 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 we needed fresh legs in, in the in the forward line, and like like you need that. You- like it's. it's- Absolutely imperative In an inter-county team To have that level of quality And look There's there's, there's five or six Other girls who didn't get on Who could just do As easy to do that job But when, when When you're restricted To five subs You know You can only do What you do But it's, it's Keeping those girls honest Amongst themselves That You know if, if If you come off the bench To do a good job Then we'll try and reward them it, it may not start the next day You know It may not be like that Or it may be a case of um, You know and this is an opening say that some girls might be better off coming off the bench. They don't like the pressure of starting. And if we have as many we need to manage that. And, it's, you know, it's not always nice. And, you know, it's people, people think, oh, I'm, I'm being hard done by, and not starting. But we have to look at the, the bigger picture and, and, you know, the ultimate goal of winning in All-Ireland.
1: Exactly, there is an ultimate goal here and unfortunately not everybody can come on as often as they wish that's part of the beast of intercounty, uh Camogie even at under-16 level Just finally, Tony, from your point of view obviously as we record this we don't know who you're playing in the semi-final but we do know it's on the 24th which is next Sunday and it's a big weekend for Cork uh, Camogie because the seniors are in an all-earned semi-final Trevor Coleman's intermediates are in an all semi-final you're going to be in an all-earned semi-final and the under-14 panel as well, just keeping an eye on them this year in Cork are going very, very well These are good times for Cork Camogie because because you're reaching the business end of the championship, but know that you're there, you've got to take those two extra steps.
5: Yeah, we do. And look it's either be Wexford Tipperary, we, we we don't really care. Um uh we know we know Tipperary's what we've played them um already in the Monster final. A good team. Um I've seen Wexford play again another good team. Look semi final. We we really needed that game last night, I suppose, just to kind of and look every game isn't fun. Um we go in next Sunday, um Look, probably favourites because you know, looking like we can't go in against these teams that we were normally favourites. But we won't be complacent. Um, look, the girls have an ultimate goal here within North Ireland, and and probably you know, maybe meeting Galway in the final. Um, uh, we we have a score settle well after the first day. Um, look, that's not, it's not a big thing but that's in the look that's in the back of the girls' mind that they have, um, I suppose a point to prove insofar as they didn't do themselves justice and like, you always like to get a second chance at, at, at redemption um, and hopefully if we, if we, when we win next weekend um, and whoever was in the, in in the final that all the girls will be able to give, give, a, give a good account of themselves
1: Excellent stuff, so July Sunday, July 24th uh, the Tesco under-16 Camogie All-Ireland semi-finals, Cork are in the draw for that, it'll be either Tipperary as you said, or possibly Wexford uh, in that semi, or sorry, Wexford temporary in that semi-final. We don't know the draw just yet. But to you, Tony Daly, your management team and players, we wish you all the best here from the Big Red Bench. Thank you. Enjoy the holidays.
0: The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM.
1: Echo columnist Mary Newman is back on the Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast to help me preview all three of Cork Camogie's massive All-Ireland semi-finals this coming weekend. On the Big Red Bench, once again, we are joined now by the Echolive.ie and Echo columnist on Camogie, all things Camogie, Mary Newman, to look ahead to three very important games for Cork this weekend. Mary, how are you? I'm not too bad, Joe. enjoying
6: the, we're well, too hot, It's busting in the hot weather,
1: but we were, we were cribbing last week, rain. both were in, so Just we won't, yeah. we won't
6: crib it all. We're at the right side of the ground.
1: <laughs> we right are. This Saturday, let's start with the seniors, the Glendip Black Senior All-Ireland Championship semi-final between uh, Galway and Kilkenny, or Galway Ankel, and Kilkenny and Crowe at 5.30 but at 3.15 the one we're interested in the most Cork and Waterford uh, with Matthew Toomey and his senior team as we record this Ashling Thompson is still suspended pending perhaps a last minute appeal and she's going to miss that game and the all Ireland final first question for you Mary how big a loss is Ashling to this Cork team for this semi-final? Oh,
6: she's a huge loss I mean we we touched on it there last week I mean her whole even the way she reads the game and the position she's been playing with Cork and I suppose She's one of the, I suppose you call, I won't say the older players, but she is, I suppose, but one of the most experienced players they have. And that's what Matthew, I suppose, has built his team around experienced players, the ones that are left from the days gone by. And, you know, she's a huge loss there because, you know, the way she's been coming in behind, as I said, playing, dropping back and then coming forward. And a wonderful player, like, and it's just a so pity like, but, you know, I suppose definitely out for Saturday or... You know, will there be an appeal? We we know the way these processes go. I would hope maybe that, you know, she might be able to get it down to one that. I don't know whether they're appealing it or not. I, I think it was a personal hearing she had. You know, it's always tough on a player, I suppose, what happens happens in the, in the moment. And we've seen this before. So, but a huge loss. A huge loss in
1: um, Cork, Cork. Aside from missing Ashley Thompson, Cork face a real test here from a team they've played a couple of occasions this year, and you would have seen up close. But Waterford reaching an All Ireland semi final has galvanised that county, Mary, in the build up to it. They are not going to be easy opponents.
6: No, they're not. And if you cast your mind back to last year, Parky they gave Cork a tough match. I mean, That's it was right. the last ten minutes. Cork pulled away, and like, I suppose everybody kind of around us in the press box was saying, "Er, Cork to win this easy." They didn't win it easy, and I think it was. I don't know if it was a Catherine or Pamela Mackey. Did Pamela come forward down the field with the ball? I'm not too sure. But one of the Mackeys, I think, got the goal, that kind of turned the game. And then Cork tacked on a couple of points. But like, if for 50 minutes, Waterford were in it. And like I watched them last Saturday. They're good. They have very good forwards. Their movement is absolutely brilliant. And you know the whole way the kids, the way they read the game and the way they're like telepathic. They know where each other, they know where their players are. You know, we must say Limerick were very, very poor. But did Waterford make them look poor? I think they did. And I think Cork in for one hell of a battle here. I think it's going to be a very close game. And Cork are not going to have it easy.
1: They certainly aren't. That's on Saturday. And on the following day, um, Cork is showing its strength in depth from underage all the way up to intermediate as Trevor Coleman leads his Cork team out in Nolan Park Kilkenny for their Glen Intermediate All-Ireland Championship semi-final against Derry. That's got a four o'clock throw in. Now, this is a team that Cork went up to Owen Mary, and lost to at the group stages. But other than that, Cork intermediates have been quite consistent this year. But this is a real test for Trevor and his players if they want to get to an All-Ireland final.
6: Yes, it is. And if you cast your mind back even further, Cork beat them by two points and cast the road in the league on a horrible, horrible day. Um, so, like, it's it's a one win piece, And ironically, it's been two points, separated them on both occasions. Derry are good. This arm, Ornia yeah. McNickel, I think, is the corner forward, this one. Mm. She was very, very good against Dublin. I think she knocked over 1-7. Um, of their scores, or she, sorry, she was instrumental in the goal. I'm just thinking back to it now, watching, have watched it. And she scored seven points, I think five from play. And she set up the goal that kind of turned the match in their favour. But Derry are a team, and I mean, their manager alluded to it after the Dublin match. Like he said, they're like the, the bold child in the corner. When they're good, they're very good, and when they're bad, they're very bad. Um, they were shocking in the first half against Dublin. I mean, they were absolutely shocking. But the second half, they really, really opened up. They're good. They haven't been in a final for 10 years. They'll want to win this one. But equally so, Cork. We've seen Cork very consistent. I, to this day, I say they threw away the match against Andrew above mm-hmm. an easy Probably wrong decisions. Substitutions that didn't work out for them. Could have won the league. And... Um, this is this is probably going to be the better of the two matches because I think Galway will annihilate me. I really do. I think Galway will hammer me, and um, this one would be close. Have Cork the ability to do it? I think they have. Joanne didn't play the last day. I think she came on about 30, 35 minutes gone. She was sick in the weeks leading up to it. Joanne Casey, and she's probably the the the, the go, go, go go to player for Cork. Kina O'Callaghan with her four goals against Kildare is another one that Cork have and I, I think they're, this is a very good Cork side and if they just you know can hold their composure and go at it from the start but I think if you know if you give Jerry any bit of leeway at all so I think Cork will need go for it from the word go and knowing knowing Trevor and his, um, his team I think they'll tear into it from the word go um, some very good players there Haley Ryan Lauren Kellen is having a great year in the middle of the park. Lauren is the kind of player who goes forward a lot. and um, and that's the kind of game they're playing, they're they're attacking. And um, you know, I, I, I think Cork will I think Cork will edge it. it could be close, but I fancy Cork I, I, I fancy to be a Cork and Galway final
1: yep and that's a fair assessment it's going to be very very tough this is a really talented Derry team as you said but Cork do have an awful lot of uh, game changers and you've listed them all there hopefully Trevor yes. Coleman and his players can get over the line because it would make should the Cork seniors get to the All-Ireland final a double header day for Cork but let's not get ahead of ourselves just yet finally exactly. <laughs> the Cork under 16s under Donny Daly uh, Mary have bounced back from an incredibly difficult group with Galway Kilkenny to reach the All-Ireland Tesco under 16 A All-Ireland Championship semi-finals they take on Wexford on Sunday a big big test now for Tony Daly and his Cork under 16 team but their recent performances and improved performances suggest they're in with a shout here of reaching an all Ireland decider
6: yeah I, I would fancy them to beat Wexford and Wexford were in the same group as Limerick and I think there was about 7.6 points between them Cork like last weekend the and last Saturday night amazingly we had rain in Charleville which <laughs> was unbelievable I was going down the Mallorose and I was kind of going am I in the same planet like where I left five minutes ago and um, but it was lovely and cool, and it was great for the girls. And Limerick like, put up a good show in the first half, but once Cork opened up, they were absolutely outstanding. And that group they came out of has been the weirdest group because mm. Galway beat Cork comprehensively. Cork turned around and hammered Kilkenny, Kenny, and then Ken Kenney turned around to beat Galway. Now, bearing in mind, Galway knew they, that they were going to a quarter final only because it was a group of three. And the two top, the first and second, went to a quarter final. So maybe, did Galway hold players back against Kilkenny? I don't know. But I would think Cork should be looking, you know, looking at the forum and looking back at Wexford games and their results. I would fancy Cork to be over them. They're a good team, playing very, very well. Some very, very good players. Amy Shepherd there is one who has been very good. Um, Kate Fennessy came on a- sub uh, last after and got four lovely points again just like Trevor Coleman he has a lot of strength in depth on the bench and not afraid to use it In spares. they've been bringing on subs consistently and these girls have been contributing enormously I think Cork will get to the final um, you could have probably Galway coming through at the other side and I, I think we might have a repeat we might have two teams again from the same group coming through and just to go back there to our intermediate mm. just to, uh, to comment on that that three teams from the same group, Cork, Mead and Derry, have come through to the same So Cork have been coming out of groups where their good teams are and I think it's going to be the same under 16. And again, I probably predict the same thing. I think it will be Cork and Galway. Now, a lot of people are talking about Tip. I was talking to Mike Boland, our own coach the other night, who would be with the Cork and he said Tip has been putting up very high scores under 16. So maybe their dark Derek Horson, Galway, Galway we were very impressive against Cork, but well, I would think we'd probably have a Cork Galway final. But I would fancy the 16 to get to the final. So we're saying we're saying a fight for the, <laughs> for the senior team against that Waterford. Trevor's team to edge it against Derry, because I think that with maybe we have better strength and depth, and likewise with the 16. So there my three up for the weekend, three Cork wins.
1: Cork all really.
6: the way, yeah. so Excellent oh, yeah. stuff, but it's. Con- uh, <laughs> I think actually, yeah, could be three Cork all finals. No, I wouldn't write off Kenny. Yeah, I wouldn't write off Kenny Load of young, young, good young ones coming up. I read their team I, the other day, and I was going, half of these ones? Like a lot of these are young, good players, and they have this girl who was away for two years. Um, oh my God, her name is out of my head. She was missing for two years, Michelle something or other, and she's back, and she seems to be playing very, very well." Um, so, like, uh, you know, Galway might have it their own way. I know one of the McGraths was out injured. I'm not sure if she back. But, you know, uh, I have a sneaky feeling we could have a kick Kenny final.
1: Interesting. You okay. Know? Well, the good thing the Watch good...
6: now. Watch now. Watch now. <laughs> now. We we'll have a watch for Galway <laughs> final. LeBerry don't, <laughs> don't jinx it. LeBerry
1: you can read Mary Newman's writings on all things camogie on echolive.de and in in the echo throughout the week every week every week and every week of the year and every week of the season (laughs) and for another (laughs) few weeks at least Mary once again it's been great talking (laughs) to you thanks for joining us on the Big Red Bench
0: Thanks, Ger. Thanks, Jim. The Big Red Bench. Game on. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm.
1: I spoke to Republic of Ireland women's under-17 head coach James Scott ahead of his squad's trip to Northern Ireland to take part in the 2022 Super Cup NI, where the Irish girls will face Surf Select, Northern Ireland and Ottawa City. James also discussed some of the Cork players involved in his latest international squad. Delighted to be joined now on The Big Red Bench here on Corksrad FM by the women's irish international under 17 head coach and the national coordinator for the emerging talent program in ireland um and it's fantastic to have james scott back on the bench with us james how are you
7: not too bad thanks, uh, thanks for inviting me on again Joe. yeah it's been uh,
1: been a, been a while sure. I was trying to think the last time we spoke probably another similar tournament to the one that you're heading into now but um, you're a very busy man and uh, the reason we have you on this week is because uh, a Republic of Ireland squad has been selected to take part in Northern Ireland in the 2022 Super Cup Northern Ireland uh, you will be in charge uh, of the under 17 team heading up there uh, you'll be playing three group games and hopefully a final as well tell us a bit about this particular tournament though uh, before we Talk about your opponents and why it's such an important tournament in these girls' development.
7: Yeah, so like uh, I suppose a lot of people would know this as the Milk Cup. Um, so it's a very famous tournament in, in Northern Ireland, and like some top top players have played over the years and so on. Um, but uh, you know, I would always have, have heard it as the Milk Cup, but it's just been a uh, you know uh, renamed maybe a couple of years ago, or whatever, to uh, Super Cup. And ice sponsored by Stat Sports and. And um, yeah, so it's it's a very prestigious tournament, and, and in the last uh, couple of years they've had kind of games where we might go up and play in Ireland or whatever. So that was kind of the only female involvement, but now they have a like we'd say an elite female tournament as well, like you know. So um, you know, we're being joined by Ottawa City in Canada, uh, Source Select as a selection team from the USA. Um, Northern Ireland's international team and Glasgow Rangers are in the tournament as well. Like so, again, you know it's a good start of the year um, tournament for us to get us up and going, and you know have us, you know have a, a look at a number of players and. Um, yeah, it's, um, yeah really looking forward to it next week
1: yeah it's going to be pretty intense because you play on the Monday against um, a surf select as you mentioned there then on the Tuesday you play the Republic of Ireland in Mosley Park um, and then on Wednesday you face Ottawa City and on Friday then uh, to be confirmed about, you'll be playing in one of the finals and one of the games towards the end of that tournament are you out of season at the moment in terms of international sense James and is this does that make it a little bit more difficult you know getting the players together that they're still that little bit raw before the whole thing starts so you get into the throes of it throughout the summer and the rest of the year
7: yeah so so we would have started our assessments in July so you know we would have had we're in last Wednesday and Thursday before um, but again like this like you know the assessments have been going on for nearly a couple of years leading up to this like when looking at players and you know the majority of these players would have played women's under 16s last year full year program but uh, yeah our international season would start in July so this is the first we'll say um, games we would have played like you know so we had a few assessments now these are games and um you know after this then we'll have a couple more games in august against women's national league 19s teams um and then we'll go to portugal in september and um, to play a kind of 14 tournament i think it's against portugal hungary and denmark and ourselves um and then we're back in northern ireland again then for first round of euros in october and uh, we're playing austria finland and northern ireland so um you know a lot of games and it's kind of like all of a sudden well, you have a little bit of a break and then it gets very, very quickly into it and, and um, a lot of games come and like you fast. Know.
1: But the good news is, I suppose from an Irish international point of view, James, there's no pathway, which is something that was developed a long time ago. There's an opportunity for girls at a very early age to get into the international pathway and then to give them a, a real chance, both before they even hit under 16, under 17. To show what they can do, and then you get an opportunity to show what you can do against really quality opponents. You've got three tough opponents in this upcoming tournament, not to mention what's coming down the line. So there's a lot being asked of these girls, but at this point of their development, it's important that they face this quality of opposition. Yes.
7: Yeah, massive. Like you know, I mean, you know, that's that's what you want, and, and you know, I mean, what a proud moment for their for the parents and the clubs and all that to to, to put on the green jersey and, and and you know, play in any any game like this. Like so, um, but a lot of work has, has taken place and probably a lot of my role now as well is the Emerging Talent Coordinator so like I know girls from, from Donegal to Cork like coming in at 11 and 12 and you know trying to see them yes just yesterday we had nearly 65 players up for the National Academy up in Dublin um, number of Cork players in for that as well like you know so um yeah so, so we're constantly looking at players like and it's creating my role now as I see them, like from 12 like so you can kind of you know, help their development as they go along. Like, and it's not better to see a girl coming in his twelve and and then see her pull on a jersey like uh, as an international player. Like, and, and seeing how how she's developed and so on. And, you know, obviously, a lot of credit needs to go to them people that would have started. Um, you know, training her maybe as a, a 9 year old. Like, a lot of work going on at the moment. Like, the girls' game is, is just is taking off. Like, and you know, you can see even. Um, the coverage of obviously the women's euros um has been fantastic and you know the amount of people I've I spoke to in the last couple of weeks at the standard is unbelievable like you know that you know f- these people have been involved in football for years like going like the women's game now was really becoming um, you know a real spectacle like and you can see the attendances as well like you know I think there was 70,000 for England's first game and, yeah. and so on so uh, you know we want to be part of that as well and that's what we're trying to do we're trying to get girls like to, to the level of the Denise O'Sullivan's and the likes um, that they can, can go and play international football and be top players in, on the world stage like you know and, um, you know this is, is uh, playing next week is all part of
1: that Um, You mentioned just the Euros, and just very quickly, before we get back to your own team, the fact that the Republic of Ireland aren't at Euro 2022 is a disappointment. But there's so much hype. I've come across as well, I've written about it recently. There's so much focus now in September and Vera side taking on Finland with an opportunity to get into the qualifiers for a major tournament for the first time. There's a huge amount of interest. Tickets are being sold out for international games. Is that rubbing off? It sounds like it is, but it's rubbing off on the interest, but is it rubbing off on the players that you look after? And the players that you see coming through are they more inclined it to talk w- it about it? It was
7: interesting yesterday um, uh, when we were doing the national camp up in the AUL complex, there beside the airport, and um, there was another game going on, an under nineteen uh, women's national league game going on, and, and I, I, I sp- spied out a kind of corner where oh, yeah, Abby Larkin was coming across the pitch. Like you know, to watch that game, so of course I pulled her. <laughs> like you know, she's only seventeen, but she's a senior international now and a senior international goal goal last last That's month right. against Georgia, like and. Like you know, it was it, it was it was really good for me to see like because like I know Abby well and I'd be having a yeah. bit of crack with her and all that, but then to see the girls like eyes light up when they see Abby like you know and and like to be honest, she had, most of them were taller than Abby like it <laughs> was so funny like but and I just said to her at the end I said like do you realize now like that like girls are really really looking up to you now and all that and, like she's kind of giggling like kind of like you know and she's really humble and all that yeah. like you know but it's it's brilliant to see it like now like and only a few years ago she was like that like looking up at maybe a Stephanie Roach and Anya Gorman and now she's playing with them. Um, and and, and I said to the girls after like I said like you're somebody you know are are 14 or whatever like in three years time you could be actually a senior international player like who's to say you can't be like so um, you know it's, it's fantastic and we have it's one thing I suppose with the the a lot of home-based international players as well playing in the Women's National League is we get an awful lot of access to them like so Mm. they constantly talk to our players and talk to the underage players and all that like you know it makes a massive um you know can't be can't see kind of campaign a few years ago it's really really happening like you can see it like every day like so um you know, it's it's uh, very enjoyable to see that. Like, and it was it was gas yesterday. Just seeing the reaction from Abby, like, and, and the players, like, you
1: know. And what a prime example, as you said, of somebody at seventeen that's made that step up and proven that she can do it because she's had the support and the pathway to get to that point. And just one other point on your squad that's traveling up to Northern Ireland. Like, if you look down through it, Shelburne, Wexford, Us, Piemont, um, you know, Cork City, which we're going to talk about, DLR Waves, uh, Treaty. You know, there's a lovely mix of national club teams. It's not all, but it's the majority of it is players that are playing in this country. Learning earning their trade in this country and then benefiting from what they're doing with you at international ETP level.
7: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've one girl from the States that's coming over as well. Um, her mother was actually a former Olympian um, from Orford. So
1: Claire uh, Walsh, is it? Yeah,
7: yeah. yeah. That's, uh, Claire Walsh, yeah, yeah. So that's uh, an interesting one. But uh, yeah, like, and that's, that's something we've seen over the last number of years is you know, there's no um, like eight from one club or anything like that. It's very spread out, um, and that goes back to the good games every week. Like, like Cork seventeen is a great game against DLRs. DLR waves the weekend three three. Like, you know, and um, just goes to show the competitiveness that Nestle's on the league. Like, and again, you know, Cork doing really well this year. um, Jess Lawton and. We've two players in in, in Heidi Mackin uh, who would have obviously had a lot of experience last year with the seventeens as well, um, so one of our most experienced players coming in this year, and uh, Fianna Bradley as well from Kerry, um, who's been playing for Cork for a number of years now as well, and like like she's a player like that gets you up off your seat, like she's 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 unbelievably skillful, um, right and left foot, like you know go around players, score goals and so on. So really looking forward to, to her coming in and Neve Cotter as well is on the standby and who knows she could be in Northern Ireland as well, so um, another very good player from Cork City and um, we, we had a couple more players up for assessment as well Kira Senna um, Alva Donovan and unfortunately Grace Flanagan who's, who's a captain of actually Cork's um, 17s is now injured at the moment so she wasn't available for selection like, so again as, as ever every year like a good uh, contingent from Cork like, and, and great work going, going on down there as well like, you
1: know. Yeah and very important in this part of the country James to remind people of that because the senior team is undergoing a transition at the moment things aren't going well at senior level I mean that's just the way it is it, you know, you hit peaks and troughs as you well know at league level but at underage level Cork have always managed to produce really good quality players and you've just listed a few of them there some that are going some that are on standby and some that didn't make it and I think it's important for the public in Cork to remember that that just because results for the senior team and it goes for all the other teams as well aren't particularly going well we're still producing quality players look at Abby Larkin like you said at 17 we can produce players even if the club isn't doing particularly well the quality of the player and the coaching involved in those clubs remains the same and it shows when you can bring them through
7: 100% and like like in uh, even a, a point as well. Laura Shine has just come back for yeah. Cork seniors, like and, and scored two weeks in a row. And you know, a, a player that um that we worked with a couple of years ago and a really great player as well. So I'm delighted to see her back and scoring the goals again. Like um, so like you know, the players are there, and you'll have that though. Like you know, even P Mount this year, who you know people probably thought were going to win the next four or five leagues, like they're they're struggling like you know, either fourth or fifth, like which is just goes to show the competitiveness of the league. Like and Cork can have their time again. They're a young team, like and obviously Daniel Murphy's come in there and. Yeah. Yeah. Wish him the best luck as well. Like you know, obviously a Cork City legend, and chanted him a few weeks ago. And he's a lot of ambition to, and, and and ideas for the club. Like so, I'm sure you know good times will come around again. Like and um, you know again, even look at Cork senior men's as well. Like there's seven thousand at the game that's right. the other night. But they've had you know they're down the first division now, but they're looking to, to bounce back. And ups and downs like that's that's unfortunately just in football. But um, it makes when when you have the good times that uh, so good, I suppose you know.
1: Very true. And just before we finish up, what are you looking for from this tournament? I mean, I know a manager wants to win it and you have ambitions It would be nice to win it and it would be good boost for the under-17s ahead of such a very busy year that you've outlined there but as an I, I kind of what I'm asking James as an international manager when you look at your players and your squad are there there's obviously specific goals for each player and you'd have all that planned out but what are you looking for from them as a unit what are the kind of things you want to take away from this tournament for the rest of the year
7: you know, players would notice, like, like we don't, like, it's not even from on the pitch, like, the very minute players walk in, how we conduct ourselves, the manners, the attitude, all that stuff is all taken into account, and, and I think, like, before you ever go on a pitch, like, if you don't get them things right, like, it's very hard to really achieve in a pitch, because otherwise you'll have little factions and so on. So like, we'd be very much looking to build that kind of unit and a team and have everyone together. And the club badges are left out, out the front door, like, and, and now we're representing our country and, um, you know, then obviously we're trying to get across like how we want to attack, how we want to defend, um, you know, and, and, and hopefully, you know, in a short period of time, get as much as we can into on that, and not overload them and, mm. And then, like, then you're back to the individuals and, and, and obviously giving feedback to players and hopefully they can take away and, and, and keep improving the next time they come in and so on. Like, you know, like, I even, we mentioned already Heidi Macklin. Heidi Macklin wasn't involved at this stage last year. And, and, uh, when we went to Portugal, we went to Portugal similar as we would go this year, like, and, and she was on standby and she got the call and, you know, she was ever present since, like, so it's, it's funny how things can, uh, can change for you. Like, and I'm sure the same thing would happen this year as well. And all players are aware, like, they need to, uh, I always say to them, the light switch is always on, like, so so you need to be added like um, because there's so many players outside of the squad that want to get in and, and in really getting to the stage now where we've left really top players at home, not in the squad, like and that is you know mm. it, it, it really is a big thing that I've seen in the last last year or two now. Like that like the quality of players coming through is, is really, really high. Like and, and to get selected for the squad is a massive achievement. But even for the players that didn't get selected, like keep at it because um, you are top players like, and, and you never know when your opportunity might arise like, you know.
1: Very well said um, the Republic of Ireland women's under Seventy international team taking part in the 2022 Super Cup Northern Ireland beginning on Monday the 25th of July with a game against Surf Select uh, kick off 2 o'clock on Tuesday the 26th of July Northern Ireland Republic of Ireland kicking off at half past 1 and on the 27th uh, Wednesday of July uh, Republic of Ireland taking on Ottawa City uh, with a 2 o'clock start and then Friday uh, again a venue and a date and a, an, op- an opponent still to be decided depending on those results. But James Scott, listen on behalf of everybody here at the Big Red Bench, we wish you and your squad all the very best and when you're back from it and you've managed to have five minutes to recover we'll contact you again and get a debrief and see how you get on.
0: Perfect, no problem, thanks very much. The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm
1: Cork LGFA under-16 manager Dominic Gallagher spoke to me in the immediate aftermath of the Rebels' heartbreaking All-Ireland LGFA under-16 semi-final loss to Dublin after extra time. I also caught up with Cork LGFA minor manager Joe Carroll ahead of last night's Zuccar All-Ireland Minor A Championship semi-final between Cork and Cavan. I'm here with Dominic Gallagher, Cork under-16 manager following an extra time 4-12 to 3-9 defeat in the All-Ireland final. Dominic, first of all, before we talk about the game, how proud you of the players, not just tonight, but throughout the whole season. Uh, super pro jar they're you know they're, they're fabulous bunch you know
8: it's cliche everything you ask them to do they do it whatever but you know, they're very talented footballers they've got a bright future I just had a, had a a chat with them there, a quick chat with them, you know, they're heartbroken. Um, but they're on a journey, you know, and like you know, some of them are fifteen years of age and they're just two of them fifteen today and it's um, you know, they're in a have a bright future in football and that's, that's I suppose what we're doing and you know, I told them coming up look that uh, regardless of the results, you know, what they've done this year has been super, but you know, we wanted the results and we chased hard for the results. And we didn't get the rubber green and you know, I suppose a few decisions we wouldn't be happy with, whatever. But look that's that's part of football and it's part of um, you know your football education, and it's you know at at 15, 16 year, years of age, it's tough. But you know, someone they're, they're going to bounce back. They're going to be better for it. And um, it was a pleasure working with them. You know, an absolute pleasure working with them. And um, yeah, I'm I'm wrecked now, but I, I might go again. You never know.
1: Um, no, I really appreciate you talking to me in the immediate aftermath. It's very you Your management team and what they did for you this year.
8: Yeah, the super like I mean I suppose we a lot of experience there on the line. You uh, Connor Quinlan and uh, Michelle Delay and Brian Boyle, who had been involved with the seniors with me and Leafy there for the last couple of years. You know, they, like they they had so much energy and and you know uh, they, like trainings have been superb and you know they, like, the girls really look up to them. Martin Nagel as you know like he's an outstanding you know selector there beside me. You know, like he he's a he's a rock for me and you know like it's it, it's tough to do. There's a huge amount of work that goes into it, you know and. Um, you know, everyone who's been involved. You know, Sheila Walsh has been there all year as well. And you know, like it, it's just a huge team effort goes in behind the scenes as well. And it's all for the girls. We do everything we can for the girls to develop them as footballers and give them a, a positive experience in football. And look, these girls definitely got a positive experience. It's ended, you know, on, on a tough night for them. But they'll bounce back, you know, they, they, yeah. they, they'll, you know they'll learn from this, they, they'll be better for it in, in, in the long run, I think, you know. But, um yeah, it, it, it's hard at the minute, but you're a know, super, super pro you know.
1: Yeah, and a super advert for the game at under-16 level. I know that doesn't mean anything to you right now, but it does show you that you can hang with the best and you're amongst the best in the country.
8: Yeah, totally, and I, I thought we played some super football, yeah. particularly, you know, like in the in the first hour, you know, like the first couple of minutes of extra time, Dublin got a couple of quick scores and uh, we were then suddenly chasing the game and it's like... You know, I still felt that we we could get down and get goals. You know, Niamh O'Sullivan was was doing a wreck up front, but you know, we weren't getting the support to Niamh yeah. as quick as we could. You know, we, we struggled different times like that. But they're you know, they're I I don't fault them in any way. Like the girls are super, and it was a super game. they Like that's a super Dublin team. Um, it's it's no shame to be beaten by by a team of that standard. You know, it was an outstanding advert as you said for for ladies football, and um, long may continue. You know.
1: Thanks for all your help from everybody. The big red bench not just tonight but throughout the year has been a pleasure following. And we'll see you again soon.
8: Yeah, I appreciate all the all the, all the support that you give to, to us. And you know, the, you, you give the girls great coverage. And it's um, yeah, yeah. We you know we, we just have to pick ourselves up and go again. But you know, these girls now head into club championships, whatever, and that's that's hugely important for them. And um, yeah, get back to the clubs, go better with your clubs, lift the standard in, in, in the club scene, and uh, go again for the for the next inter-county
1: team. You know. Excellent stuff. Thank you very much. Sure. Now, delighted to be joined on the line here on the big red bench by somebody we haven't spoken to since uh, I think it's last May. And because we haven't spoken to him, that's when Cork won the Munster LGFA title by beating Tipperary. It's been a bit of a gap, but Cork are preparing now for their All-Ireland semi-final appearance against Cavan in Nina this Wednesday night. It's uh, fantastic to be joined now on the line by Joe Carroll, the Cork manager. Joe, how are you?
9: Uh, I'm not a badger. Just I suppose looking forward to Wednesday because we've had such a long, long break.
1: Yes, um, it's, it's the stage. it's the nature of the beast, though, with minor um, with minor football, Joe, as you well know. But it is quite a long gap. So, what has been? What have you been able to do in the last couple of weeks to get ready?
9: Well, I suppose we've done the best we can. We've played a good few challenge practice games. We played club teams, and we've played. Some of the minor teams that were left in Leinster and things like that, just to keep us going as often as we could. It was difficult, to, very difficult to get games. I suppose a lot of the club teams are very depleted at the moment because of their players being involved with the senior inter-county teams, and as only know they are starting to come back because they are down to the final stages. So, um, but look, we've kept going and we've trained away and we've had a share on holidays and things like that, and we had leading such to contend with. But I suppose it's the same for every county, but we've done the best we can.
1: Indeed, you have. You won the Munster Championship by beating Tipperary three eleven to two five. You've been scoring quite well throughout the year. Um, how have the squad been shaping you up since you got them back together? I mean, I would imagine the hunger is there. You're two steps from an All Ireland and a real chance. Um, you know, to to deliver uh, silverware. It's not going to be easy by any means. Kildare and Galway on the other side of the draw. But how have the players reacted since they came back? Uh,
9: very well known, fair they have being very committed. You couldn't. You couldn't fault them. I suppose. The fact that we had all no learned period last year, the, the, the players that are left from that are probably driving The older players of driving and a small, bit, a small bit as well, and they're pulling the rest with them. And I suppose that the fact that we had such a long gap, it was it was difficult to fill it. But I think that they are looking forward at this stage. You can see the bit of bite in them with the last factor of the way. That maybe wasn't their early run, until shoving closer to the match but I suppose we still don't know how, how we are fixed or how really well we are playing until we, we get a real test in, in a championship match again because it has been so long since we've got to
1: Indeed it is and Kevin will give you that as the Ulster champions but it's the same for them, Joe, I'd imagine. They've had a gap as well. So, I mean, it, it, because yourselves, you're down to the final form because of the gap and the nature of the way the championship works, it really is very difficult to predict how this game is going to go. You can only just focus on yourselves, then. imagine.
9: Yeah, that's, and that's really what we're doing. That's what we're doing. We don't know a whole pile, pile about Kevin. And um, we're just focusing on our own game and how we're playing ourselves and things like that. And we've gained a, share of, a good share of games between ourselves in, in training to keep it going. We've walked in our fitness a bit. And, you know, I suppose we just wait in anticipation and see if we probably know after 15, 20 minutes how we are going and how sharp we are. But I suppose Kevin are going to be in the same boat, and so will Kildare and Galway in the other semi-final. They'll probably Kildare maybe have a, have a slight advantage, or I think that the Linspa final was only played there the 6th of, of, of July. So they had a, a more recent game against Needs, which would sharpen them up, but we don't have to worry about them because the only players we could meet them in the final, and we, we are focusing and totally focusing on Kevin, and the Cork under the 16th played them in the, in the semi-final. And it was a very, very close game. Um, and I spoke to the sixteen manager and he was very impressed with, with Kevin so we're expecting
1: to do it. Yeah, that was three twelve to two twelve, and of course Dominic Gallagher and the Cork under-16s went on unfortunately to lose to Dublin in the All-Ireland Final. Can I ask you a question I asked him, Joe, about the midweek nature of these games. In times gone by it would have been at the weekends but such as the, the way the, the Intercounty Championship is squeezed in out to the end of July for LGFA, for Camogie and GAA is it easier or is it harder to try and organise yourselves for a midweek game rather than a weekend one?
9: Well, it's a lot easier at the weekend, a nice bus, like that the one thing that's, that's, that's cutting across this small bit is small, but it's making it a bit difficult for parents, but a lot of parents would be above and need to see a match at half and seven. no, we're taking the players by bus, obviously, like, which they have to be dropped to the bus in certain cases and somebody has to be available to that. It's making it a bit difficult for parents, and for supporters to trap the match and, um... You know, maybe something that could be looked at, it, look at in the future. But look, it is what it is. We, we, we just focus on getting our own plans ready. We've known it for a while. The girls have known it for a while. The rest of the management have known it for a while so they can make their plans to get take, take time off work. I suppose for me, I'm off work. And I at the moment, I'm not working during the summer. So it, it, it's, it's fine for me. It doesn't make a difference whether it's a Wednesday or Saturday or Sunday. But look for others, which is a bit difficult. And But I suppose with a more condensed calendar, mm-hmm. Whether it's men's or women's, at the moment, you just have to put up with that, and you just have to get on with it, there's no point in complaining.
1: Very true indeed. And just finally, Joe, um, you've been very good to us here on the Big Red Bench throughout the campaign, which you know up until last May when we were last talking to you, when you won your Munster Championship. There's a lovely spread of players from all four divisions in your squad this year. You're two steps from an All Ireland title, and I mean it's, you know, whatever. But when it's on, and where it's on, it's a lovely place to be for these players, and very important in their future development.
9: Oh, yeah, absolutely huge, absolutely huge. Like to be at this stage and to be tipping the door at, at, at minor level, it says for any player at that level and that's finished in the squad, look, the Cock Senior plan Management might be looking at me next year. Like we had one or two doing the Indara Canary into the senior panel this year from last year's, from last year's squad, and literally he was in there this year. So hopefully there'll be a few more. I think there are a few possibilities in our panel that might be looked at next year, and she's a, she's a huge stepping stone for them. And it's a county football, and it's at a higher level than they will play at club at minor level, club level, and some of them will obviously play senior, it'll be a bit bit higher again for their clubs. But it's a huge stepping stone for them, and it's a fierce opportunity and helps the grass. With, the, with two
1: hands by them. Indeed they will. Let's hope they do that because this Wednesday night the All-Ireland LGFA uh, Minor A semi-final the Munster Champions, Champions Cork take on the Ulster Champions Cavan at half seven in Nina. On behalf of everybody here on the bench Joe the very best of luck to you your management team and your players.
9: Perfect Joe. Thank you very much.
1: That's it for another Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast. Remember to subscribe to the Big Red Bench on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and you can also listen online at redextra.ie Don't forget to tune in to The Big Red Bench with Rory O'Hagan, Colm O'Sullivan and guests between 6 and 7 p.m. on the radio every Saturday and Sunday. Follow The Big Red Bench across all our social media channels as well as visiting our official website redfm.ie.
0: The Big Red Bench, Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Gork's Red FM.